Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church, disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to another evening of um, fellowship, breaking bread together, meaning breaking bread in terms of getting, eating, and feasting on the Word of God. So glad that you could join us this evening as we continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Grace and peace to you. Amen and amen. amen. So good to be together. We are continuing our study in the book of Romans or Paul's letter to the Roman Christians. We are in chapter six. Um, we are, we uh, completed verses 12 through 14. Uh, we ended around in verses 12 through 14, and that's where I'll pick up actually restarting reading again in verse 12. And do some review from there, and then we'll go right into the end of chapter through the end of chapter 16, and maybe have the opportunity to spill over into chapter 7. But for now, let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you. Thank you, God, for your loving kindness, which is better than life. Thank you for this time of fellowship and uh, joining together as the people of God, the community of God that we can um, sometimes iron sharpening iron, um, but Lord, your word is so powerful and effective and we want to live it out and apply your word to our lives and also to be a blessing to others. And so we thank you, Lord, this night and we give you glory in Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. Romans chapter six, beginning at verse 12, and I'm gonna go ahead and read uh, the scriptures from Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through the end of chapter 6. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification 
and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen and amen. Thank God for amen. his holy word. Amen. Uh, I said I wanted to start back in verse 12 <clears throat> because I just wanted to quickly, <clears throat> excuse me, do some review because we kind of ended up talking about um, saying, sin, you are not the boss of me. And so I just want to pick up from there verses 12 through 14 because it starts off saying again, do not let sin reign. We mentioned that last week. That That's a very powerful word about uh, let not sin have dominion or power over us in our mortal body and to obey its passion. Um, and, and part of that means um, when we don't let it reign, um, one thing it recognizes how powerful sin can be. No, how powerful sin is. When So when he uses the word reign, it just lets us know the reality of the the power of sin that will lead and some of this will spill over into chapter seven when we review some more so he's setting this the stage and setting the framework is that okay you are believers because of the grace of god and we talked a lot about the grace of god but now it says don't let sin reign in your mortal body because we are of flesh that we're still in this flesh so don't allow it to reign um and then secondly do not present any part of yourself to as a sin offering and i want you to just kind of again put a, a marker in that because we'll hear a phrase similar to that when we get to romans chapter 12 in terms of presenting ourselves as living sacrifices but here he says, don't present yourselves or any part of yourself as an offering to sin. So when he says, don't present any part of yourself, what does he mean? He means your mind, right? Thought life, don't present it to sin. Uh, your body, your soul, all of that part of us, we're not going to present that as a sin offering to be a slave again to sin. Um, and he's using the terminology, you are using the slaves to the one you obey. Very strong words, meaning that you are owned by, you are controlled by, and we don't like to use that term slaves but that's how powerful it is sin slave it should kind of grade us the the very wrong way you are slaves to the one you obey would, would wouldn't you agree with that and i would say yes amen we agree with that because when we start doing something that reflects what we believe what we hold true what we hold there so no matter what we uh, may say on the outside when we present ourselves a certain way and act a certain way that means we are a slave to that uh, which is leading us. But rather than presenting ourselves, not, not letting sin reign, not letting ha have dominion, do not present yourself as a sin offering. 
So what's the alternative? What does he say to do as an alternative? Rather do what? It's right there in verse 14. Uh, let's see. For sin will not have dominion since you are not under law. Let me go back and read. Oh, verse 13, rather. Mm-hmm. But present. Go ahead. It just um, offer yourself, every part of yourself, to Him, God, as an instrument of righteousness. Okay. So you, we are offering our whole being, every part of us. And I'll just, just stop for a moment just to really think of what does that look like and what does that mean when we say we're going to offer our whole being as instrument of righteousness. So can anybody think of uh, an, an example or give an illustration of what that may look like in terms of offering our whole being as an instrument of righteousness. Serving. Okay, one is serving, instrument of righteousness. Sharing the word with others. Okay, those are some good examples. Think about now, when you think about it, uh, an instrument, you want to think of something like a tool. God, I want to, I want you to use me as your tool. If you think about it, a musical instrument, Lord, I want, I want good music to come out of me, and I'm offering myself uh, to you, Lord, as that instrument. To whatever comes out of me will be an instrument of righteousness, or I'll be a tool that will be used not for evil, not for sinfulness, but as an instrument of righteousness. And again, uh, the last sin no longer is our master. That passage reminds me, oh, I'm sorry. No, you I was just going to say that passage reminds me of the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, Mm, he says, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace and goes on to list all of the things that would work against us that he might be effective in as he serves the Lord. That's right. So it it does, part of that is then it it leads to a, a prayer life that says, Lord, I give myself to you, and I also acknowledge the things that are in my way inside of me, as well as the things that are outside of me that I need to be aware of. What else? I think somebody else was going to chime in. My Bible has an alternative word. It uses the word weapons mm. in place of instruments. That's a good, good one. So Elaborate a little bit more. So if we're going to offer ourselves as, as weapons of righteousness, what what would that look like? Does that mean we're going to beat beat some people <laughs> over the head? Or what does what does that what does that look like? That's a good fight. word though. When we think about spiritual warfare, I okay. think about God using us. Mm-hmm. 
as a weapon of his righteousness in the world. Wow. And I think about using the word of God. That's right. We're using the word of God through the power of God because we have been changed. And now we're Lord. We want to be engaged, in, whether it's as a tool, whether it's as an instrument in terms of the music part or as a weapon, of, even of warfare and understanding that this is a battle because the word earlier is don't let it rain. So it's about dominion. It's about kingdoms. We are part of the kingdom of God. And so we are in a serious battle. And again, I would ask that you kind of put a, a, a pin in that as well, because that will be covered again in chapter seven. So anything else? So this is the, the step process. Let's go right into verse. The next section is verses 15 through 18. Pastor, I was going to go say one quick question. I was going to add sacrifice. I'll offer ourselves as... Um, instrument of sacrifice yes um, that was one of the things that um because we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice mm -hmm. so that was one of the things that came to mind also yes and that's one of those other verses i mentioned is just put a pin in that because you were okay. going to hear that again in uh romans chapter in romans chapter 12 to present your bodies as a living sacrifice mm -hmm. holy mm -hmm. and acceptable and, and basically the bottom line is God, we want, the, it's, 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 it is, thank you for using that a prayer of St. Francis. It is a prayer because this is our worship. Lord, I give myself to you. I give my, in the words of the praise song, I give myself away that I, that we can be used for your honor and glory. Because the way I used to live, I was offering myself to the world, doing what I wanted to do. But now, Lord, I offer myself to you. Anybody else? Because first verses 15 through 18 is going to continue to go into the uh, explanation about being a slave. You are, and I, I emphasize this already, but you are a slave to the one you obey. And one of the words I wrote down here is about choices. Mm -hmm choices. So we have as believers, as people, we have choice, even as believers, we have choices to make. And when we, we want to make the choice to offer ourselves as instruments or weapons or tools of righteousness, as opposed to being a slave or in bondage and obedient to some thing that's gonna cause us, because when you're a slave, you are following the orders of the one who is over you. Yes. Isn't that right? Yes. So, and that, so when he talks about being a slave, it, it's a serious part. And whether you know we look at it from our, our cultural history, but also then not much different in terms of being owned and have have the responsibility or not the responsibility but be under subjection to someone else and so about your the explanation is about being a slave and obedient to the, to that which is over you and aren't you so glad and we'll we'll get into that but mm -hmm. I was going to say I'm just so glad that we belong 
to the Lord. Yes. And that's where he gets into the next part. But thanks be to God. I think that's verse. I'll let me read verse 16 again. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to what? Death or of obedience that leads to righteousness. Verse 17 is what I want to key on. But thanks be to God. Right in the middle of that, there's a, there's a praise. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin. Mm-hmm. What is, what is it going, what does verse 17 say? I'll read it and then let's, let's talk about it for a moment. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching of which you are committed. There's a whole lot in there. So let's just go, go over that. But thanks be to God. So this first is praise, right? Yes. That we're talking about we were slaves uh, to unrighteousness, but there's a praise right in there. Thanks be to God that you once were slaves of sin have become what? Obedient. Obedient. Similar word. So mm-hmm. now you've made a choice. So now you've made, uh, come not obedient to unrighteousness. That's what you used to do. Now all of your attention is being taken over to being obedient to righteousness. And how does that happen? From where? Where does it start? Right there in verse 17. From the heart. From the heart. So we have to ask the question, what is the condition of my heart? What's the condition of my heart? Psalm 139 says, search me, O God, and do what? Try me. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in a way everlasting. In the words of Jesus, or rather Paul, daily we die, get to die to self so that we can be alive in righteousness. So we used to be a slave to sin, but thanks be to God from the heart. So it's a heart transformation. And how is the heart transformed we know this come on how is the heart transformed the renewing of your mind okay one by the renewing of your mind what else the word the word of god right there he said you've come to obey from your heart the very next expression the pattern mm-hmm. of teaching mm-hmm. that has now claimed your allegiance. Yeah. What we are new doing master. tonight. A new master. Yes. Pattern of teaching, holding fast to the word of God, the pattern of teaching. I can't say it strongly enough. God's word is the effective tool that we need to live victoriously so that we are no longer slaves to 
unrighteousness, but the teaching will just change our whole disposition because it changes our, and I, I think it was Deacon Jenkins mentioned about renewing of our mind. It starts renewing our mindset, what we think about God, what we think about ourselves, what we think about where we go, what we do, because the teaching of the word of God, and in this, the translation I, I have, it says, has claimed your allegiance. Pretty powerful word has claimed your allegiance. That I give myself to you, Lord, and the word of God has brought about this change in my life a change of <coughs> allegiance. Anything else in there? This is a ver again, the section it's, is it's, it's really the difference. It's uh, the difference of being mastered to. Um, to the devil versus master to God. Yes. And, you know, and you, you introduced something that I, I want to just pause on um, because really what Paul is talking about being a slave to sin, slave to sin, and Satan uses that but first, we have to recognize that this sin is powerful and mm -hmm. real. Yes. And because of we went back over this in um, chapter five, because of the, the sin of one person, death passed to everyone. But because mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ, life passed to all who believe. I won't say to everyone, but for all who believe on Jesus Christ. And because of that life now, our allegiance and the pattern that, Lord, what is, how do we live this out? Which is what we're doing tonight. We're getting into the, the word of God and that allegiance. We belong to the Lord. And we have been, and the next phrase is, so we have been, um, a heart, the pattern of teaching, and we have been set, what does it say there? We have been set free from sin, or I would say set free from the power of sin. Because remember we said, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. You have been set free from sin and the power of sin and to become slaves of righteousness that says a lot right there so let's let's pause because when we talk about being set free from the from sin what happened when we became believers and again i don't want to jump too far ahead but because this will again be covered in chapter seven and eight but We've been set free from the power of sin. What what comes goes through your mind when you just think about that phrase, set free from sin? Well, the a messenger uh, Bible says you can easily recall how at one time, the more you did, 
just what you felt like doing, not okay. caring about others, not caring about God. The worse your life became and the less freedom you had. What, is, what does it say next? So that's where it ends? No, it says, and how much different is it now as you live in God's freedom? Okay. Your lives healed and expansive in holiness. So as we used to be under the dominion and power of sin, now he uses a term which, if reading it closely, says you now are slaves of righteousness. And he uses the word slaves of righteousness at the same time using the term set free. Mm -hmm. Isn't that one, what, what is that called when it seems to be something that's opposite? Isn't that a paradox? the whole, when we look at this, so we are set free. Mm -hmm. Thanks be to God. We used to be slaves to sin, but now what? We slaves are to slaves to righteousness. Slaves, slaves to righteousness. Mm -hmm. To righteousness. Mm -hmm. We have a new master now. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry? I said we now have a new master. New master. New master. Also, Pastor, doesn't Paul say we're going to be slaves to one or the other? Yes. 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 Yeah. Either to sin or oh. to righteousness. Right. And, and we still have that choice. Yes. Yes. Christ has made it possible for us to make the right choice. Yes. But we still at times don't and you know, see in, it. Uh -huh. In order to understand freedom, because if you Think about freedom, you would think about, you know, you think about the the doing anything you want. Mm. But if you if you stop and look at your life now versus what it was before, you can better understand the scope of freedom because when you're in Christ it really is a freedom and you thought you were free before <laughs> it, I mean you really do have to think about it and and that's why it's important to just take take our time and say, okay, I used to be a slave of unrighteousness. I'm set free. And once you think about being set free, you don't have an inclination then to say that now I am, <laughs> I am a slave. Mm -hmm. What we are is set free from being a slave to sin, but now we are set free to be a Slave of righteousness. Mm -hmm. I think and that's where our leads. Go ahead. 
No, I'm sorry, Pastor. I was just going to say it's the semantics. I believe it's the word slave. Because I was waiting for somebody to say something. <laughs> it's because of our yeah, culture. Uh -huh. If we change that word or change the, the meaning, I uh, can't change the meaning of the word slave, but if we change the, uh, the wording, perhaps it would be less even confusing because it's, you know, if we try to explain that to children, I don't think they quite get that. Right, right. Uh, and, and in many, many instances, in many ways, in, many, in a sense, we're children ourselves as we study. But um, Maria read something from the message translation. And if I may kind of piggyback on that, uh -huh. the message has 12 through 14 and says, that means that you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with the old way of life. Throw yourselves wholeheartedly, and I think that's a key word, mm -hmm. wholeheartedly and wholeheartedly. Time. Amen. Remember you've been raised from the dead. Yes. It's God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under the old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. Yes. That's easier to understand than yes. understand, but you still have to be able to visualize it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, simply Go put, going back to the to the slave comment, you can you can characterize it in this way. You can you are either going to be a, a willing servant of sin or you're going to be a willing servant of righteousness. And if you're yeah. a willing servant of sin, there are considerable limitations. That, yeah. Yes. And, and that, that's <laughs> yes. that's a good word. Yeah. How we look at. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, I agree. I was just affirming what was said by grand consequences. Yeah, but but that how we how we read the scripture. And thank you for reading from the Message Bible because I had read that uh, earlier as, as well. It does give it um, it does give it a, another way to embrace or using the word servant versus slave and master. And again, mm -hmm. and, uh, the uh, message Bible, they use the expression, you're not under the tyranny uh, of sin. So that same thing of, of dominion, but the, the powerful effect for us, especially in our history, when we, when, when we hear that word slave, it causes us to pause and to think. Mm -hmm. And if for no other reason, that's why I wanted to linger there because that, it's like, okay, what does that, wait, wait a minute. It's limiting. That's why I yeah. say there are limit, limitations to it. Yeah. So there now we can look at a servant of God, servant of righteousness, or I am wholeheartedly giving myself not to sin, but I'm wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly giving myself to righteousness and... I want to go to that. Don't I'm not going to skip the last part. And the benefit you and I, or benefit we reap, 
leads to what? Holiness. Mm -hmm. And the result is eternal life. Mm -hmm. The benefit you reap leads to holiness. I'm going to go back to what was stated before. Freedom in Christ does have even, I won't use the word limitation, but it has parameters. Mm -hmm. The benefit you lead leads to what? Holiness. The way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we behave, all of that, it's going to lead to a life that's pleasing to the Lord, not a life that lives any old kind of way. Or, as we read earlier, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, that's not what we're all about. So it's repeated here in just another form or format that is leading us to a life that reflects who God is, for God is holy. It's going to lead to be us being a reflection of the one that now we are wholly aligned with, our allegiance is to, and our allegiance is to God, our Father. So it leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Amen. Life. Amen. So as we wrestle through this, okay, who do I, who do I belong to? Who am I serving? And we look at our behaviors, our thoughts, our actions, and we have to challenge ourselves, or we can see the things that are going on. We have to be reminded, going back to the first five verses of chapter six, we're living out through the grace of God what our baptism, what our baptism really means we are dead to sin and alive to righteousness. So it's this this section is a, a further elaboration on that. And so the analogy now is about slave master, kingdom of the dominion of sin or the reign of sin versus the reign of the kingdom of God or the reign of righteousness. And we want to be in the place and those who are believers are in the place where we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and our allegiance, our heart, and through the pattern of teaching, the word of God, now we know how to live this thing out and to help others to live it out. And we can uh, show and exemplify this godly life. And the result is eternal life. Verse 23 is probably the, the one that's very well known. You probably memorized it for the wages. Oh, sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life. Mm -hmm. Through Jesus Christ. Jesus, our Lord. Our Lord. So he, he uses that. The wages, what you get from following after sin will result in what? Death. Yeah. Yeah, But the gift of God, that goes back to what we've been talking about, God's grace. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And, and going back to the very beginning, I just mentioned it. In Christ, that's what this started off with this chapter with, this 
we are our baptism by being in Christ. We have died with him. Our allegiance is with Christ and we've been raised to new life. And it's repeated again in this part. We are dead to sin because of the grace of God and we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Anything else in there? The benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. Bottom line, because again, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Any questions on there? Comments? Not a question, but a, a thought, because to me, this really puts into perspective kind of how small we are in our humanity. Um, it kind of flies against the notion of, you know, nowadays we, we are the master. People think we, we are the masters of our fate. We determine our lives. We, we direct where our lives go. And I, I like the way Deacon Watson said, you're, you're going to serve somebody. The reality is you are going to serve either sin or righteousness. But I, I don't feel like many people get that because... <laughs> world tells us we are in control. That's when right. We're not. Amen. We not. You, you're going to serve somebody. Yes. Yes. And that somebody, yes, somebody. If, if we if we are if we are serving ourselves. You're not. You're serving sin. If you think you're exactly. serving yourself, your yeah. own self-interest, mm -hmm. you're serving sin. Amen. Amen. And 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 Pastor, Amen. go ahead. Pastor, I like what you said when you use in verse seventeen a, a pattern of teaching, and the King James that, that uh, form has a form of doctrine, which mm, is okay. the same thing, and that yeah. is very important. The teaching, the pattern of teaching, and and why that is so important because you can have someone in the same class believing two different things. And I think back to that because a lot of us went to Manhattan Bible Institute and uh, we were in the same class as the, the guy who said he didn't want to hear, hear, hear no change, but only the rustles of dollar bills, River Knight. Hey. And it's, it's, it's funny, like he didn't get the same interpretation to accept the same teaching as the rest of us. And, and what we, and, and what, when, when we speak about serving masters, we got to remember the way we can get, the only way we can get there is through Christ Jesus, through the Holy Ghost, because there got to be a renewal of our minds. It got to be a renewal of our minds for us to get to the place that we need to get in the Lord, and we do that through the Holy Spirit, because we will, you, you, you know, you will not accept the right teaching unless God gives you a renewal of your mind and your heart through the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, 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 and some of the things that you just mentioned, 
it's important to make the connections and we will do do that because we will cover some of that in mm -hmm. chapter 12 about the renewing of the mind. We already see it here when it talks about the uh, you use the term or you talked about the Holy Spirit. We mm -hmm. will talk more about that in chapter seven and chapter eight. And so Paul is building us up and leading us in a certain direction. And that's the pattern as this is his a lot of people call this his theological treatise. This is, it, this has everything. We've, we covered several theological terms, justification, redemption, all the things that go into making us who we are. And if we are follow the pattern of the teaching of the word of God, he's laying it out there for us from where we started from in chapter one, identified the sinful nature and that God's wrath was against us and now up to where we are. And little by little, we're, we're learning more about the grace of God and how important it is to follow him. And as we get into the word of God and we find out that, no, I'm not going to allow sin to have reign in my body after all that, that God has done for me in Christ. And I've been buried with him in baptism, raised to new life. That has to mean something. Mm-hmm. Our baptism, living out our baptism has to mean something or else, sorry, I'll just say it. You can go down as a, a wet sinner, <laughs> go down first, be up as a dry. Come yeah. up as, if there's no change from the heart and the, and the one thing that we cannot do is we cannot judge the heart. Amen. That, that's that's only God can do. Now we can look at behaviors, we can look at actions, and we can make assessments. And are they in line with what God has in store? But the one thing we that's 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 for God. But we have to live out this because we are we have become allied, and our allegiance is to the Lord. We represent God. And all that we do, and so that the world will see. Now, again, I had to sneak it in here. We are the light of the world. So as we're living out our, our baptism, we are saying, we are the light. I'm, I'm dead to sin, and I'm alive mm -hmm. to righteousness, and I have eternal life in, in view. And why would I want to give myself in, do, to go do other mm -hmm. things when I belong to the Lord? My heart belongs to the Lord. And just in case you missed it, if the wages of sin is what? Yeah. Death. Yeah. But the gift, the free gift of God, some translations say, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ right. Jesus, mm -hmm. our Lord. Pastor, can I, I read this um, from my uh, study Bible? It says, by choosing Christ as your master, you receive his gift of eternal life. New life with God that begins on earth and continues forever with God. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I wanted to uh, just make sure we cover that because I know that when we use the word slave and master, it sometimes gives us a shock. But it is a, a sense that get us to think is that who do we belong to? Who is our allegiance to? And in that particular culture, you know, there was a, a vast majority that were in, that served as 
slaves or servants. And it wasn't, some of it was similar to in terms of chat, chattel slavery, but it was also kind of what we call the working class. They belonged. So they, they were thinking differently about the term slavery because it was a little bit different, but yet it means somewhat similar to the same thing in that they belong to, they did not have ultimate freedom. That only comes through Christ Jesus. Our freedom comes through Christ Jesus. And when we talk about that, we're going to get ready to close. But when we talk about that, we'll see that by the time we get to chapters 14 and 15, we're going to have to be challenged of what this freedom really looks like. We just can't live any old way that we have some responsibilities to others. It's not only about us. For us, it's about glorifying God, but it's also about how do we have an impact on others in the way that we conduct ourselves. And so it's, again, that's why I don't want to miss some of the foundational things because we'll, we'll see some of this again later. I'm going to stop. You know, there. it would be. I'll go ahead. Let me just, I just ask uh, the members of the, of the uh, Bible study to read under the messenger Bible 20 and 21. I won't take time to read it. Why not? But just ask students to read it. Go ahead and read it. Verses oh, 20, 20, 20 and 21. And 21. As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. <laughs> but do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of. Where did it get you? A dead end. Amen. Amen. So we are uh, we trusting in the Lord and saying, look, that, that old life, again, what we started with, <laughs> Sin, you are not the boss of me. As a matter of fact, if I keep listening to you, it leads to death. I choose by the grace of God, through the power of his spirit, I choose to follow after the Lord. That's who my heart belongs to. Amen, amen and amen. amen. So we are going to pick up next week on Romans chapter 7. Um, there's a lot in Romans chapter 7. Some of it's going to be repeat in terms of the law. So the first part we may move quickly through, but there's some wrestling that we'll see there in uh, chapter seven that we will address on next week. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, God bless everyone. So good for the discussion. Again, this is good because we are we are taking our time of chewing on it and say, okay, <clears throat> how do we apply it? What does it mean? And how can I be a, an effective uh, believer, disciple of the Lord to bring him glory and honor? Amen and amen. amen.